Hey, hey, and welcome to On Your Terms. I'm your host, Sam Vanderweelen, attorney turned entrepreneur who helps you legally protect your online business. And I'm so excited to bring you this conversation today. I just absolutely love Jen. She's a mindset and success coach. She's incredible. The real deal. Somebody who I personally work with and just really thoroughly enjoy. And I thought this conversation was so much fun. We talked about everything from obviously mindset, but we really dove into Jen's like formal method called Java method, which stands for journaling, affirmations, visualizations, and action. And she taught us all about how she recommends you go about all the different parts of that, how visualization helps us. We talked about money. We talked about how do you like improve your mindset or believe in yourself when maybe you're starting out or you're feeling like you're so far right now from where you want to go, you know? So we had that whole conversation. I think it was just such a good one. We also dove into talking about email list marketing, email marketing, because it's something that's so important to both Jen and myself. She is so good at it. And I can't wait for her to talk with you about this. And we drop her link and everything, of course, to receive her incredible weekly emails. I get them every week. I read them every week. And she has journal prompts at the bottom of every email. You guys, it's amazing. Um, So it's just really good. And if you're on my email list, then you know it's been something I've been talking about a lot that as there have been these Instagram changes and Facebook ad changes and all these different changes and all these different parts of our industry, it's really important that we kind of buckle down, focus on our foundation of marketing our business, getting back to you know, things like email and SEO and like a podcast or YouTube channel, all that kind of stuff is so important right now. And it's frankly, it's just always important, but I think it's going to be even more important right now as things in our industry are shifting. On that note, actually, I have just started a brand new email uh, newsletter sign up so that you can just easily pop in your name and email. We'll drop the link below and you won't have to go through any sort of marketing funnel. I just want you to be able to get my emails because I absolutely love writing to my email list. I drop exclusive content for them. They're at least one to two times a week. I've been really excited about the amount of engagement and like community that's been there lately. And I give all my best legal tips, marketing tips. I talk about behind the scenes of the business. Just this past week, I wrote to everybody about my marketing strategy. Like I just laid it all out there and was like, look, the industry is changing. This is what I'm seeing. This is why I'm seeing it. And here's exactly what I'm going to do. Like I gave everybody my playbook. You only get that if you're on my email list. So make sure you pop your name down below. I would love to see you there. And with that, let's get into this episode with Jen. So Jennifer Diaz is a certified mindset and success coach for ambitious women entrepreneurs. She combines her training in positive psychology and neuroplasticity to help high-performing women optimize their potential and increase their overall fulfillment in life. Her mission is to help women wake up to the unconscious beliefs holding them back so they can move forward and have a greater impact on the world around them. I absolutely love Jen and I know you will too. So enjoy our conversation and make sure you reach out to me, DM me on Instagram at Sam Vanderweelen and let me know and Jen know what you thought about this episode. Hey Jen, welcome to the show. Hi Sam. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. 
I'm so excited that you're here. It's such a treat for me to get to ask you questions. You're just brilliant. And you know that I love you. And I'm just like very excited to share all of your knowledge with all the people today. Oh gosh, that's very kind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you deserve it as you know. Um, Will you share with everybody? I shared your, your formal like bio with everyone, but can you share a little bit with everybody about what you do and how you work with people? Yeah. Yeah. So I work with high-performing women entrepreneurs. And really the gist of it is helping them get an understanding of what's going on for them on the unconscious level. So I like to kind of um, explain it. Like it's like turning the lights on in a dark Mm -hmm. room and figuring out, you know, what's your programming um, that you developed when you were young, that you're still operating out of? How is it working for you? How is it frustrating you, keeping you stuck? And, um, you know, turning the light on in a room. So instead of just like bumping up against things and Mm. being like, oh, I have no idea why I feel that way. Or I don't know why I reacted that way. You can see, oh, this is why I Mm. do this. This is how, um, why I respond this way. And you're able to respond better and even change it and update your belief systems or your programming, the way that you operate so that you can move from a place of, okay, I'm here and this is what it is. I'm frustrated. I feel stuck. I have all these other things I want to accomplish the way I want to feel. And I just can't seem to get there so that you can start closing a gap between where you are now and where you want to be. So a lot of, you know, conversation, my work's very collaborative. It's very reliant on the relationship that I have with my clients and um, them just being open to connecting dots and making changes and shifts and, and moving forward. Yeah. Do you feel like entrepreneurship is unique in, in how it, pushes us gently to explore these things that maybe we, we like could have ignored as in a corporate job or something. It does. Yeah. In a way. Yes, for sure. Because, oh my gosh, there's just so much, um, there's so much pressure. There's mm-hmm. so much fears that we have to face because everything's on us. And, and I'm speaking like, you know, for me, especially, you know, when we start working for ourselves, we, it, everything is on us like the marketing, the at first, the accounting, like all of these things and the service we actually provide. And so I do think that that was the biggest unknown for me when I took the leap into it was, ooh, I had no idea how much self-development this was going to mm-hmm. require in order for me to not just make it and survive, but for me to feel healthy and to thrive within mm-hmm. it. So yeah, it does present some interesting and unique challenges for sure in the <laughs> mental and emotional world. Yeah, definitely some opportunities. I feel like working in corporate America, it was a lot easier to be like, it was my secretary's fault. My boss sucks. Like this job sucks. The whatever yeah. sucks. Like someone didn't explain the assignment to me well. That's why it didn't go well, you know? And now there's like, who are you going to blame? You got to blame me, girl. <laughs> it's like, dang it. It's all me. It's me. Yeah. It's yeah. taking that radical ownership, mm-hmm. which is really empowering and scary at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very. Okay. Well, yeah. I always, I always say that, like, it feels like when I became an entrepreneur that I felt like I was standing in the middle of a field naked with like a microphone. Yeah. That's like how it felt to me. And like, everyone yeah. was looking at me because it just felt like, and you know, with what we do, especially this isn't true for like every business, but what we right. do is always also very like visibly upfront with social media and like being out there. We, you and I really love writing and it's more yeah. vulnerable and intimate. And so it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was just like a new experience as well. 
Oh, very much so. I remember, and still, and you know, I talk about this with a ton of clients about being seen, about being heard, and how do I do that in a really authentic way um, without being so, you know, anxiety ridden and, and stressed out and just con- constantly worried about how people are interpreting what I'm saying or who I am. And it's, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is for sure. Well, speaking of getting vulnerable, I think that um, I would love for you to tell everybody a little bit about the Java method. So I talk a lot on the podcast yeah. in general about like really coming up with your secret sauce and doing something unique, you know, on your own terms. And I love that you have the Java method. Um, you have the Java method membership or the Java membership, and then you also teach your clients. So can you share with everyone a little bit about what that stands for? Yeah. So the Java method for me, it was just all of these very simple exercises and tools that helped me radically change my mentality and build up a lot of emotional resilience. Because when I started, I I did not, I was thrust into entrepreneurship kind of unexpectedly. And um, I really began to notice when I did that, how, you know, frustrating it could be to have these goals, have these big dreams, and then feel like I'm really self-sabotaging a lot. And I'm really hard on myself and that's not getting me anywhere. And so I was trying to find ways to, to grow as a human, to be successful, all these things. And so that led me to, you know, discovering what eventually became the Java method, just all these different, so simple tools to use. So Java is an acronym. It stands for journaling, affirming, visualization, and action. So these four, obviously I didn't create these things, but putting them together for me was absolutely life-changing. And I love to write. So journaling is something that is a nat- was a natural thing for me. Affirmations were not a natural thing for me at all. When I first started them, I was like, this is total BS. <laughs> Just like lying to myself. I don't, this is stupid. Um, but over time and visualization, I'm a, I'm a pretty visual person and learned about visualization playing sports, you know, in high school and started applying it to my work and my life um, instead of just, you know, sport. And then obviously the actions, we have to physically do things if we want to see results. And so for me, combining those things really led me into a whole new direction in my life that was incredibly fulfilling. I finally felt like I was thriving. And I remember when it started to take hold for me a little bit and my initial self-talk was so much kinder Mm. and like my initial belief and responses were more positive and empowering. And I remember thinking like, Whoa, this is, this is a very cool feeling. And my results are showing up in the way that I want them to as well. So that's what Java stands for. And I just think if we can all practice like very simple tools that help us understand ourselves better, that help us show up in the world um, better. It's just going to change a lot in our world, our culture, our community, everything. And so that's, that's where that came from. Yeah. I think it's incredible. And I think it's really important. I love the Java, like the acronym ends with action because Mm -hmm. it was always the missing piece for me in our space when I would hear people talk about manifestation and a lot of this just kind of like hoping and wishing. So could you talk about like, how does manifestation play into this or how, how is it different? Yeah. Um, that's, you know, I don't, I have an interesting, I guess, relationship with that word, because I think that 
there it's taught and so heavily based on just like think positively, um, always make sure your energy's like positive and you're good. And I just, that doesn't work. That's not really helpful. Actually, we're getting into toxic positivity with that spiritual bypassing, all of those things. So the way I look at manifestation is yes, mind your stories and your mindset and your beliefs and also, um, feel the feels like Mm -hmm. navigate the negative. There's room for every single emotion. There's room for every single thought and every single belief. It's they're all there to teach us something, to tell us something. And so for me, it's more like, instead of only focusing on the positive, which is, I think a very fear-based way to view it is there's room for all of that. And I'm just open to learning about myself. I'm curious about myself. And as far as manifestation goes, um, I think you can prep mentally, emotionally, spiritually, but physically you have to be doing something. You have to show up differently if you want different results. So for me, manifest just means bringing something I've imagined into my reality and being open to what that looks like for sure. Mm. Cause I think a big piece where we mess up with manifestation is getting so attached to a specific outcome and the way that we think it should look instead of thinking, well, why do I want this in the first place? Like, what's the, what do I actually want underneath Mm -hmm. that? Like, what's the essence that I think that's going to give me, or that I think it's going to add to my life? Cause that's what we want. And that can look like so many different things and options. And so that for me is the way that I view it. Um, and you know, really being careful with just because you think something's going to happen doesn't mean that it's going to in the positive or the negative, you know, we're not quite that powerful, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just that's, I guess that's my take on manifestation. Yeah. And well, I've heard you say too, that it could be better than what you could oh. imagine. Oh my gosh. Most of the time it is because a lot of us, are dreaming from even limited places, no matter how expansive we think our dreams are, they're limited to what we know. Mm -hmm. And there, I know in my life, there have been so many times when what I wanted ended up turning out very differently and it was better than what I had originally planned. And I was so thankful. And, um, so for me, I, I know how I want to feel. I know, you know, the greater vision and purpose, but the very specific details, I'm pretty open Mm. to, to see, like, I don't know, it could be wilder than anything I could imagine. Mm. So let's see what the universe has in store. Yeah. Like what, what's going on here? Yeah. And I, what I really love about your method too, is I go so much deeper than like what I always associated with the manifestation space, other than some, also some issues with privilege that I have, but uh, there's that whole thing, but but also that it always seemed to focus on material things like manifesting, like a house, a car, a bag of cash, whatever. And what I love about your stuff is that it goes so much deeper and maybe the Bentley comes from that. Who knows? I don't sure. know. Maybe you visualize all day and all you see is a Bentley. Go for yeah. it. But, but it. right. But <laughs> but maybe also we get deeper with like what you truly want, like what your soul craves. That's like what I feel like I'm going through so much now and talk to you so much about now. Yeah. And yeah, I'd just be curious if you could talk about that that like difference. I think so many of us don't really know what we actually want on mm. a soul level. 
because we are just being bombarded all the time with who we should be and what we should want and what success looks like. And um, we're always craving safety and security. And that means belonging in certain ways and a lot of materialistic things. And don't, don't get me wrong. I love nice things. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I do. Right there I, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I don't have any issue with that. However, we do want to understand why do I want this? Is it because I genuinely love the craftsmanship of it? Or I feel like it really allows me to express who I am and it feels very like I just really enjoy it. That's beautiful. Or is it I want people to see this because I want them to know that I'm successful and that I'm this? And is it coming from an egoic outside, you know, how am I being projected to the world mm-hmm. versus in genuinely this brings me a lot of joy? Mm-hmm. And I think we don't stop. Um, and pause enough in our lives to actually consider, do I really want this or do I just feel like I'm supposed to want this and that everybody wants this? And then if I want it and I have it, I'm, I'm okay. I'm safe. Mm-hmm. I'll belong. I'll appear successful. I'll really receive love from others and belonging from others, which is what we all deeply crave on a very unconscious level. Um, and so I, I definitely, I, I don't care, you know, about how much money, I mean, I want my clients to do well and I want to do well, but that's really the least important part. It's really, who are you on a soul level? And what do you authentically desire and crave in your life? Because there are a lot of different ways you can get that than just, you know, material things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Start designing the life that you want, not like playing in the life that others have maybe created for you from like, childhood stories to society uh, stories to now like social media stories too, right? Of like things absolutely. that we're, we're being presented with that like we yeah. were supposed to want to go after. Oh gosh. We're being marketed to constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the time. And so, and it's so unconscious too. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't quiet the noise, if we don't sit with ourselves and really get to know ourselves, it's really, it's dangerous because we will likely go down paths unconsciously that don't lead us to ultimate fulfillment because we just thought we were supposed to, we were sold Mm -hmm. that this is what you need in order to be secure and and loved and successful. And at the end of it, maybe you'll feel that way, maybe not. And so I know for me, I want to make sure, what do I love? What do I care about genuinely? Uh, Because trust me, I'm three on the Enneagram. I, I love things. My ego can I, it's really, it's really sneaky how it can work its way into, oh, you do want this. And um, I have to really like sit and get quiet and be like, what, mm-hmm. what lights me up? Like on a, just a gut level, mm-hmm. what am I drawn to? And um, I know for me, that's been such a big thing that I've experienced as I've done my own work with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, I was saying to Ryan the other day that I realized something about myself that I, I like bougie experiences. That's what I was like, that means like that feels very aligned with me, but not like, I would rather spend more in a hotel or have a nice experience during like making my travel more comfortable or like my stay or going to a beautiful place, traveling further and further in the world. But that like means so much more to me than some of the things I've been like accidentally fallen into in entrepreneurship to be like, wait, I think, I think I'm supposed to want this, but that's just not, not what I want. And your visualizations actually have been very helpful in that. So I was, I was actually wondering if you click, I feel like I don't hear a lot of people talk about visualizations in entrepreneurship. And I was wondering if you could share like what some of the benefits you think are, or some of the benefits you've even seen. Yeah. You know, the, 
the brainwave state we go into when we do meditation and visualization is very similar to um, how we, the brain state we're in when we're kids, when, mm. from the ages zero to seven specifically. So it's kind of a hypnotic state. And when we're in that state, our subconscious is a little bit more forward rather than our conscious mind where our ego lies and our critical factory and all that. Our subconscious kind of comes forward. We're still in control, but it's kind of like a dream state um, where we just really get to understand what is there, what's running the show. Because our subconscious is running us 95% of the time, approximately. So we're on autopilot more often than we're not. And it really just shows us, hey, this is who you are. This is what you care about. This is what's coming up and it can provide so much clarity to decisions we're making or to who we are, to what we want. It's also a fantastic way, um, just like sport too. I know visualizing, you know, if I'm going to speak or something, cause I'm going to be nervous before I speak. So I'll visualize myself doing it. And that helps my brain prepare for the physical action of it. Mm. Um, because you know, we're motor neurons and how we take action physically starts in our mind. And so we kind of, it's like a warm up. I'm warming up to take action. So if there's something on my plate that I'm procrastinating on that I don't want to do, that's feeling scary, I might visualize it to kind of calm my nerves and to give my brain like, okay, we, we've already made some connection. So the actual action of it will be a little easier. That's the way that I use it is finding mm-hmm. out more about myself. What's you know going on in my unconscious mind. Um, what do I really want? Who am I? really. Mm. And then warming up and getting ready to take physical action in my life and in my business. Mm. And do you think that the, like some of the, the hits, the downloads that you get when you're, when you're doing a visualization, do you think that's your intuition speaking? I, yeah, I think it depends on who you ask. Um, for me, I think there's definitely a lot to do with intuition, Mm -hmm. like my gut response. Um, some people think, you know, depending on your spirituality, mm. God, universe, like a lot of people feel like I was given this message. Um, so I, I don't really know what it is, but mm-hmm. either way, yeah, I've, I've found, you know, a lot of clarity and a lot of aha moments. And just, I think that we find a lot of compassion down there too. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the unconscious. And yeah, for me, it's a lot of like, I'm really getting in touch with who I am on a soul level. My intuition is much is able to be louder mm. when I'm in that state and my ego is not so present. So I have an easier time listening to what I genuinely should do or want to do. Yeah. It's, it does seem like all those shoulds. I tend to hear things very clearly that I've like wanted to do in the back of my mind, but had all those shoulds coming up. And then it oh, just yeah. comes through like, boom, super loud and clear. This is what you want to do. So yes. yeah, I find that very helpful. And especially for everyone here listening, I'm always encouraging everyone to like stop to cut out the noise and don't necessarily follow the trend if that's not what you want to do. But it's very hard to do that if we don't ever pause and get clear on what we want. 100%. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. we're so we have so much more, like so much wisdom within us than I think we realize and give ourselves credit for. And, and that's something that a lot of my clients, I encourage them. I'm like, you have, you have a lot of answers. You just need to trust yourself. You need to stop looking outside of yourself for inspiration. Although that can be helpful to an extent. Um, but really 
you want to tune in. Like that's where the most authentic expression and creativity is going to come from, is from within you already. And it's just a matter of, I think, a little bit of discipline with sitting still, because that's wildly uncomfortable if you're not used to it. <laughs> and, and sitting with yourself and getting to know yourself and, and trusting that voice. Um, it's so powerful. There's there's so much that can come through if we'll just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is very true. Okay. So in addition to your incredible visualizations, you also help people with journaling. And I know you were really helpful with me around this because I had such a black and white view around journaling. And so I was wondering if you could talk to people a little bit about like your best journaling tips, how this plays into their day, how it could play into their day to like best support them as entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love starting this like journaling the way that I do it with, with very driven women, people in general, because we want to do things the right way. There's a right way to do something. And I don't want this to waste my time and blah, 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 blah. And so it's so funny because this, um, I remember I took an abstract painting class with a friend of mine and the, the teacher just showed us like some Van Gogh's and Jackson Paula, you know, all these incredible artists and then turned the lights on. I was like, all right, paint. And I was just like, um, I, I don't know how, <laughs> don't, yeah, like, what's the what right the way steps? to do a brushstroke? Like what, <laughs> how, what do I, and I just stared at that blank sheet for a long time. And I was like, what's the right, my, you know, inner perfectionist was like, what's the right way to paint? I don't know what the right way to paint is. I can't do a tree. And I had a really hard time. And I think journaling can feel that way too sometimes because we're searching for black and white. It's got to be productive. It's got to be the right way to do it. And it doesn't at all. I know it can be helpful to start with journal prompts. If like you really get stuck, that's, I think, so, so helpful for some people. And just to, to be asked questions that require you to dig deep, I think is a really valuable experience. So I'm all for journal prompts, but the way, my favorite way to journal is just a complete brain dump. And so this is like this, your journal should be such a mess and it should be like, not, we don't know grammar here. Like we're not looking at punctuation. You're probably going to spell things wrong. This should be just anything that's popping into your mind, get it on the paper. This is what um, Julia Cameron, the author of The Artist's Way, which is a fantastic book, um, she calls morning pages. And it's three pages of unconscious brain dump. And you have to do three in her, like with morning pages, which I've done before. And oh my gosh, it's so hard to get to three. But about a page and a half, you start getting some really juicy stuff coming up. But that's where you come to the page and you just let it all out. The frustrations, the thoughts that you wouldn't want to share with anybody, your hopes, the, you know, the stupidest things that you can think of, just get everything out on the paper, how you feel, how you want to feel like anything. And that can feel like such a release, like you're taking such a load off. And it can also provide a lot of clarity with what you want what's frustrating you and keeping you stuck and what you might need to shift in your life. And so that is my, that's the way that I, most of the time, unless I'm working on something very specifically, that's how I tend to journal. It's just an unconscious brain dump of like, let's just get it all out here. And sometimes it starts out with, I absolutely do not want to do this today. I feel like this is absolutely stupid. I have nothing to say. And you just keep going and eventually some things come out and you're like, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that is so helpful. I think like 
giving people the freedom that this doesn't have to be so perfect or whatever. That was really helpful to me. And I remember you saying like, if anybody went back and read my journals, they wouldn't even know what I was saying half the time because it's just messy. And that is super, super helpful. I realized too that I also used to journal like a seven-year-old and it would be like, today I went to the mall. The mall was fun. (laughs) Then I went out to eat with Jen. We had a great lunch. It was like a diary. diary. (laughs) And and like that always just felt so, I was like, this isn't helpful. Like what I'm just like saying that I took Hudson for a walk for the umpteenth time today. Like this is not fun. Yeah, I know. I'm like, gosh, I think a friend of mine she, we journal she journals like this too and I'm like if anything happens to me I need you to burn, burn these <laughs> not read them burn them like it's nothing no one's gonna publish these later and be like yeah. look at this girl's life right? yeah, it's not yeah like that at all that no really and it doesn't, doesn't need to be I think that for me and anybody else who's driven uh, also tends to be maybe a perfectionist this is a really good time to practice being messy. Mm, that's true. Just showing up. I think that that in and of itself can be really freeing for a Mm. lot of people. For me, it was for sure. Yeah. And also for like, I feel like so many people who like people write to me all the time and ask about email list stuff. Like, what do I write to them? I'm nervous about this. And I guess like you're saying, that could be another way to like, we just overthink this stuff way too much. It's usually the ones that I feel like are more on my heart, just need to share. Like the ones I sent this week, for example, those are the ones that are the best received. Like people don't want the polish. Like today I went to the mall emails. (laughs) No, yeah, well, we see that all the time. And I think people are craving connection with real humans. And I had uh, someone say that to me once, cause you know, being vulnerable is not mm-hmm. my favorite thing, but that's what other people are drawn to. That's what makes them care about us. And, you know, vice versa is their vulnerabilities or humanness. Uh, cause we all have it. We just mm-hmm. are so good at putting on these personas of got it all together and none of us do. And so I think to really connect, that's what people enjoy seeing. That's what I enjoy seeing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm laughing because somebody the other day wrote to us and said, I don't like it when Sam talks about any successes. I just want to hear about what hasn't gone well for her. <laughs> it's like, uh, like, first of all, I, how much time do you have? But second of all, it was just like so funny. It was just like, so wait, we can't, we all have to like stay in the bad and the depressed. Like we can't ever talk about anything good. It was right. funny. Well, that yeah. is it's such a fascinating thing. And I have this conversation a lot with my clients is that it is just as vulnerable, if not more, to share your wins Mm-hmm. as it is to share the struggles. And because what our wins do is they are going to trigger certain people. Like that's just, there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really hard. It will be incredibly inspiring and expansive for some and really triggering for others. And that's not our responsibility mm-hmm. to try to protect or prevent. We can't prevent that. Um, and so it's, yes, like I'm here for all of it. I want to see, you know, what's hard. I want to see what's going well, like <laughs> what, you know, how are you absolutely killing it? Amazing. Cause that gives, you know, someone who has enough belief in themselves and what they want. When I see someone succeeding, I'm like, Oh, I love that for them. I I'm going to have that too. Like I, I'm not worried about it. I'm not triggered by it because I'm so excited for them. And I can't wait till it happens to me, that type of mentality. Gosh, that just gets us so much further, but yeah, Mm -hmm. that's uh, it's it's scary to share our wins. 
It is. Yeah, it's very, it's, it was very funny. And there's even a tendency to downplay them because you want, it's like, because the vulnerable, like the bad vulnerable, quote unquote, tough moments or whatever are yeah. more, I don't know, like I, people definitely identify with that more. Um, and so then it does make us want to play it down sometimes, which is very interesting. Yeah. I, I learned to downplay my strengths and myself. I, I remember learning that in middle school. Mm-hmm like really, really heavily, like girls talked down about themselves. If you were confident, you were not liked. Mm -hmm. I remember getting in high school and um, playing sports and ended up playing above people who were older than me. And that didn't go well. Mm -hmm. I was not um, well liked as a result. And so, you know, and at that age, belonging is so important for us and for our survival. And so, you know, now I look back and I'm like, girl, so what? Like, mm-hmm. they'll get over it. It doesn't matter. But then it did matter. And so that's been a big thing I've had to overcome and learn that, hey, it's okay to be confident in, in things. It doesn't mean you're not humble. It doesn't mean you're arrogant. It just means, you know, you know, you've got a level of, of competency and confidence mm-hmm. in yourself and your ability to handle things. And you give other people permission to be that way too. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's something that, gosh, I would just love to see women not struggle with. Um, yeah. And so that's, I know for me, when I see friends downplay, I mean, me like, absolutely not. That will not happen in my presence. You will, <laughs> you will say good things about yourself. You will play it up. <laughs> you. Like there's not room for you to downplay because yeah. I want you shining as brightly as you possibly can. Yeah. I feel like people confuse cockiness with confidence and like arrogance. Right. And, oh, yeah. and, and I feel like as my business has grown over the years, I've become more confident, not in thinking that I'm the shit, but in thinking that I, if something happened, I would be able to figure it out. I don't think I'm impervious to bad things happening in the business or, or like a launch not going well or whatever, but it's more like, I just feel now like, okay, if that happened, I would figure it out. Like I would, I, I'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, people who ha- are not allowed to be confident will view confidence as arrogance. And that's something, you know, we talk a little bit about in the work that I do to touch a little on shadow work and looking at, you know, what traits are you not allowed to be um, in order to be loved and accepted? And for me, confidence is one of them. Like if I'm confident, then I'm not going to be loved. People won't like me. Um, And when anytime I would see another woman express confidence I wouldn't say anything, but internally I'd be like, God, who does she think she is? And then finally I realized like, oh my gosh, what, who do I think I'm not? Like, that's the problem. She's confident in that. Why am I not allowed to be that? Let me step into it a little bit. And now when I see women who are confident, I'm like, girl, yes, get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And I love it. But, but that's something I'd encourage anybody who feels you know, not great when you see someone who is confident, who is winning to ask, to slow down and ask yourself, wait a minute, what about this is really hitting on? Like for me, like, what am I not allowed to be? What am I, or what do I not believe about myself that I maybe want to, because I just, the more confident we are like true confidence, right? Like you just said, not that I'm the shit, but (laughs) I'm, I can, I trust myself. I think I'm gonna be okay. I can handle what's coming, even if it's not ideal, 
that sense of groundedness and confidence is so vital to success and just really enjoying life mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. And I I would think like an area I'd love for you to talk about this around because I, I this comes up a lot, not only with our audience in, in a much nicer way, but I see it a lot on my end with like Facebook ads and stuff. People are very triggered by you selling something like asking for money in exchange for a product or service. And, and it's always so fascinating from my perspective. We talk about this as a team all the time that like, you know, my people are all business owners. They all want to start their own business. And yet you're offended that I'm charging money for a product. So how do you plan to run a business? Right. And so what, like what, what is coming up for people when they're seeing that? Cause I think it's a very common, like my people are much nicer. And so they'll always write to me and they'll say like, I'm just feeling really badly. I just want to help people. I don't want to ask for money or I'm not sure I can charge those rates yet because I haven't worked with another people or something like that. So if you could talk to that, I think that's helpful. I mean, this is all assumption <laughs> for sure. But I think when you're getting comments like that, these people are actually really showing you what's going on for them and their beliefs about charging and selling. And so if say someone is wanting to start a business, but they're terrified, they have so many blocks when it comes to making money, spending money, and they see someone else doing it confidently Um, It's just highlighting something they're not allowed to do or they're not brave enough to do yet. And so they're not going to like it. They're going to lash out because what that does is um, they're projecting things that they they are uncomfortable with and trying to like bring you down to separate them, to make them feel, you know, our ego loves to separate us and to elevate us in a way, right? And so I'm I'm altruistic. I would never sell. I just, I mean unless you have like a massive trust fund and you don't really need to make money, like you need to, you need to sell your services. Um, so I don't know what their situation is, but you're, they're just showing you what's going on underneath the surface for them and they're unaware of it. So it's a lot of projection, um, a lot of frustration and it's hard probably not to take that personally, but again, like they're, I just, for me, I'm, I have a lot of empathy for them because I think, gosh, you must be so frustrated and stuck and that cannot feel good because if you feel good, if you feel confident and you're successful, you're not going to be leaving comments like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't have time or you know, that doesn't even pop into your head. And so uh, it's that that's unfortunate for them for sure. Yeah. We, we always joke as a team that like Amy Porterfield's not leaving these comments. Like, you know, there's a reason why you don't see, I hope not. I hope yeah, Amy's, Amy's, not. Amy's too busy for that. Yeah. She's got Amy's got stuff on her plate. Yeah. And hopefully she's like not even on Instagram, but she, yeah, it's just like that, that always centers me in this of like, if for anybody who gets comments about those things, like you talked a lot about like people who are in the arena with you, like you're oh, not yeah. even like fighting the fight with me. So your opinion to me is not that yeah. worthy. Huge mm-hmm. sign that they're not doing what they need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that comment makes them feel a little bit of relief for a moment. And what about like our listeners who are maybe earlier on in entrepreneurship, like haven't, you know, haven't hit the the marks or revenue that they would like to. And they're thinking like, is this thing going to work? Is this going to take off? Do I even matter? Like, I feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. start to go down the path of what I hear they start to feel and create a story around how like the field is already too crowded. Like there's too many people already doing this. 
first I'd be like, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. Like what in reality, you know, is there room? What do, you, what do you even mean by that? Like, of course there's room. There's, there's absolutely room, but why are you asking that question? Like, is there room for you in your own mind? And do you matter? Absolutely. I mean, yes, I can tell you that all day, but ultimately what I would ask is where do you feel like you don't? And where did you, where did that come from? And why is that a thing? The other thing too, the reality of it is oftentimes it really takes us longer than we want it to, to hit certain milestones and to achieve the level of success. So sometimes our minds and our vision is just so much further than our reality. And, you know, I don't know, marketing these days is, is wild. And so we think that everyone else is succeeding so much at a quicker pace than we are. And that's just not true. I've worked for myself for over a decade now, and it takes longer, probably a little bit more work than you want it to, to get to where you want to be. But yes, it's absolutely possible. It's just a matter of choosing to believe there's room for you, that your voice does matter. I mean, does anyone's voice matter? Like, (laughs) like, yes and no, at the same time, you get to decide, does it matter enough to you? Like for me, there's probably not a lot of people that actually care that I write, that I show up. But what matters to me is that I hold myself to that because I care. It means something to me. I care about that. So I'm going to choose to do that and I'll resonate and reach with certain people that I'm meant to and just trust that process because there's so many people out there who would relate to you, who would love to hear from you, but they have to know about you and you have to want that for yourself even more. So if you're new and you're starting to add, or maybe not new, because that to me is like, you've been trying, you're showing up and putting in effort is head down, focus on, you know, what you really want to do and why, and take that seriously and show up for yourself first. And then just trust that it's going to come when it's meant to, but really the only thing that separates people who are incredibly successful from those who don't make it is just that perseverance and continuing to show up. Even when it's hard, even when you fail, even when you get knocked down, you just get back up and you keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but I see a lot of people get bogged down in those earlier years with like, the intake of so much information and with, I mean, both between like buying tons of courses and and like products and stuff. And then there's the other part of like mindset and I'm supposed to be working on this mindset and they feel like they're so far from where, like maybe what they would visualize that Mm. it feels crushing to like, how am I going to get from where I am now to where I want to go? So I think it'd be helpful if you shared a little bit about like what you do recommend focusing on for those people that just feel like it's not, it's not quite taking off or it's not, they feel like it's not working yet. Yeah. I think first off it is really helpful to have an overarching vision, like the bigger vision that we have for our life, our business revenue, all that. It's helpful to have that when it comes to what we focus on, that is not it because it is, if it is too different from your current reality, it will be wildly demotivating for your unconscious mind. It's too far away. It's too much work. We can't really um, resolve the difference. So for me, it's like, let's have the vision that we look at. We revisit occasionally. Like we, we know that's 
underlying, like that's the purpose of why I'm doing what I'm doing. But when it comes to what you're focusing on is what is a goal in the next three months that feels slightly out of reach, not, you know, you want to feel like you're being stretched a little bit, but it's not so far away from reality that you aren't motivated to do it. So we, that's where we look at like very tangible things, how I can control my actions, um, my mentality, the stories I'm telling myself, how I'm showing up. I can't control the outcomes no matter how hard I try. So that's not something I recommend focusing on for me. It's like, okay, in three months, if you want to increase your revenue, what would be just slightly out of reach you think? And then what action steps do you need to take in order to potentially increase it? Maybe I need to get consistent in certain ways in email marketing. I need to get consistent on the way I'm showing up on social and I'm not really selling that boldly. So I'm going to try that out. So I'm going to you know, make a commitment to myself to push uh, my favorite product service at least twice a week on these days. And I'm going to show up fully and I'm going to talk about it. And I'm going to really like, so you're really focusing on your skills um, the actions you're taking and then kind of releasing like, all right, you might surprise yourself. It might be better, might be close to it. Not quite might be right at it. It's hard to know, but we have to stop focusing so much on an outcome thinking when I get that outcome, I'll be I'll feel successful. I'll be this version of myself because the reality is you have to become that version by the actions you take in order to get those outcomes. And so focus on what you can control, what you can do right now and increasing your skills, increasing, you know, getting better at how you show up, getting better at how you serve your people and your products, all of that. And the outcomes will eventually take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. I tend to like when the vision in the future tends to become, it feels like too big, too far away. It feels overwhelming. I start to think about the distance instead, instead of between where I am now and where I want to go, I start thinking of the distance between where I am now and where I was. <laughs> Cause yes. I'm like, whoa, you've like really moved. And that makes me feel the motive, like the motivation, the momentum to keep going. Yes. So there's a book um, called, I'm looking for it right now, The Rise by Dr. Sarah Lewis. That's phenomenal. And she talks about, she talks about setting goals just beyond our reach because in her book, she's, she's speaking on um, how silver medalists in the Olympics are way more likely to be incredibly motivated to train to win gold the next time. Whereas the bronze, not so much because they're just like, Whew, I got on a podium, I got a medal, thank goodness. But the silver, they're like, oh, almost, almost there. So they're motivated. So when you're looking at goals, you want to get something that's just beyond your reach, that stretches you enough that you're not bored, but isn't so far away that you just, you're just not motivated because it's like, there's no way I can get there. That that's also how we find that flow state, right? Is that the, the challenge is the right amount as our, and so are our skills. Like we feel perfectly challenged. We're not, it's not too easy. It's not too hard. We're really in that beautiful space of everything is just like the right balance that it needs to be. 
Yeah, I like that. My my incredible operations manager, Lindsay, if she's listening, <laughs> she always gives me this list every day of like things I need to knock out. And she tries to give me like easy wins, medium wins, yeah. and then like big wins. And so <laughs> she'll always be like, knock these things out first because you're going to feel so great. And it does. Yeah. It gives you that little like movement oh, that you need. Mm-hmm. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think about this, you know, I'm, I'm a really good dreamer, mm. really good at having very specific visions. And it's almost like I'm looking at the top of like five staircases mm. and it's like, how am I going to get up there? Because I'm not looking at, well, what can I do to get to the, just the next two steps? Because often with action, um, that what is what brings clarity and opportunity that we couldn't have seen beforehand. And so I think anybody who's new at this with big dreams, big goals, like hold the vision, you know, write it down, keep it somewhere. But when it comes to what you focus on consistently, let it be the daily actions and how you can show up for yourself. Yeah. Super helpful. And I'm glad you brought up that book, by the way, we will make sure that we link to it, but I was actually going to ask you anyway, if there were some top like recommendations you had for books that we should read and maybe like who they're for, what, why you'd recommend them. (laughs) Yeah. So many, so many. Um, I'm looking over here because all my books are over here. I really, um, for mindset, I really enjoyed how to do the work by Dr. Nicola Perra. Um, and a similar one would be The Source by Dr. Tara Swart. Um, I like those because they talk about kind of the why behind the what. I like learning about um, the way our minds work and different ways to optimize. And so those are really, really great for that. Another one that I enjoyed is called Fear Less by Dr. Pippa Grange. She is a really phenomenal um, psychologist that works with or used to work with um, elite athletes and talking about how to move through fear, where it comes from, how to navigate it. And so those three would be fantastic. Um, business wise. Well, I tell you what, another one that I really like that I recommend a lot to women entrepreneurs is called women and desire, um, beyond wanting to be wanted by Dr. Polly young Eisendrath. That book is, it's a, it's a dense read. I'm not going to lie, but when it comes to getting clear on what you authentically desire, um, especially as a woman, it is really phenomenal. Like I remember someone suggesting it for me and I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty good here. Um, and then I read it and it knocked me off my feet in a couple sections and I was like, Ooh, this is good. So that would be one I would highly recommend, um, any woman read. That's sure. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Those are really helpful. I, that's one of the things I love about you is that like you, you have just such like a dedication to the craft and like to continuing <laughs> to learn and take this seriously. And actually thought it would be helpful for you. You've talked about this on Instagram before. I, I think it'd be helpful for you to talk about what someone should really look for in a mindset coach, even in a business. Co- I mean, you do both yeah. really, you help people with the mindset, but it really yeah. helping with business too. Yeah. So, and these two things, you know, this, this industry is, is so interesting how it's grown in the last few years. Um, so specifically speaking, I'll, I differentiate the two with, you know, coaching a coach is, which is what I would consider myself. Mostly there is, I do dip into a little consulting occasionally when it's called for and appropriate, but, um, coaching is very much a skill 
that is about the relationship that I'm not telling you, I'm not like, Sam, here's exactly what you need to do with your life. If I did do not listen, <laughs> but that's, it's more about, I, I understand, you know, um, the psychology of behavior change. I understand how to ask questions that will hopefully pull out wisdom and answers that are within you to help you find clarity. Um, and so as far as coaching goes, if you're looking for a mindset coach or any kind of even life coach, what you want to see is you want to see credentials. You want them to have had training and experience in um, a very respectable realm. So you're looking at things like, you know, my training was based in positive psychology, psychology of behavior change. Um, I've also had some experience with different trainings in the subconscious mind. So anytime someone's dealing with mindset, they need to have a really strong understanding of subconscious mind and how to work within it. Um, I, I think personally beyond their own personal experience with mindset. They need to understand how to communicate, um, the way people work, the psychology, behavior change, those types of things. They need to have a good recollection. So search for certifications that are recognized by the International Coaching Federation. That's usually something to look for and just experience and that they're doing it. They are doing it themselves. And while certification for me, in my opinion, is kind of like the foundation that you build everything else upon, it, it also very much matters that you're doing your own work and you're committed to your own mindset work and continuing to learn and grow within that. So you want to look for those things in a coach. When it comes to business coaching, nine times out of 10, that is very much consulting, meaning their hand delivering you knowledge, a specific strategy, those types of things. So I say, if you're looking for a coach, you need to be very clear on what you want to learn. Is there a strategy that you don't have the knowledge of? Is there something that you genuinely need and can't figure out on your own? Um, and ideally they might have some credentials. I personally would look for someone who has versatility. Uh, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not drawn to someone who has one method of doing things because that and says to me that worked really well for them and it might work for you. It might not really depends. Um, so coming from a place of, you know, do they have the knowledge that I really want to learn from and that I need in order to move forward? Um, and do I align with their values? Like, what do they talk about? Cause you know, so many people, it's hard to, it's hard to know because people are really good at marketing, but you know, ultimately watch, do your due diligence, research, hop on a call with them and trust your gut. Like beyond anything else, you're going to know you're going to have a gut reaction. Like your initial, this is right. Don't talk yourself out of it. Trust that because, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think, hopefully not that you're not going to make a detrimental decision in business by hiring someone, working with someone, even if it doesn't go well, it's going to be experience and knowledge. Um, but I definitely do don't make a decision of scarcity or fear. Anytime you're like, Oh, they have the answer. This is going to solve all my problems. Be really wary of that because it won't at all. And I know personally, I want to work with people who have like a gut. Yes. 
like, you're the right person. I want to work with you. If you're like, you know, I'm not feeling you, then great. That's okay. If there's somebody else out there, if you want, that will be a better fit, work with them. That's just in the interest of everyone involved. Yeah. I think that's really, really solid advice that you can all like take for, for hiring other people. And then even for like marketing yourself, right. And like feeling really confident and attracting the right people and that not everyone needs to be for us. We're not for everyone else. Like I, I always think about that. Yeah. That's super helpful. I, yeah. I was wondering if you could like chat with us a little bit about this attachment to our outcome or even attachment as being an entrepreneur, maybe for some of us who have been doing Mm -hmm. it a little bit longer, but I find that even beginner entrepreneurs get very attached to the outcome, the results, the revenue, even if we're talking about like just social media results, they make it mean a lot about them. And I have, I have a saying around here that I say all the time that you are not your revenue. And I mean that both ways, right? You're not it when it's tiny and you're not it when it's huge. So right. <laughs> either way, it's not you. <laughs> so not I just you. Say, yeah, it's just not you. It's just yeah. like something that happens. So I just thought that might be helpful for you to chat with us about. Sure. In my work, when I see that a lot of, and I'm guilty of this too, what I'm seeing is residuals from growing up in a, in a society where we're really rewarded for having a fixed mindset. So, you know, get A's, uh, win the game, get a trophy, be the best, right? So a lot of us unconsciously learn that when I do well, when I get good grades, good results, I'm loved, I'm celebrated, I belong, I'm safe. Essentially, that's a very unconscious story. None of us are like thinking that necessarily now, but under the surface, that's usually what's at play. And so then, you know, we leave school because school, the traditional setting, the way it's run is is really heavily on the outcomes um, and testing how well we do all that. And then we get into entrepreneurship in the real world where it's really, there are infinite possibilities. There's not anymore. We don't have a winner or loser. We don't really have a best anymore. We can't win a gold star for our business in most cases, I don't think. (laughs) And and so we're looking at how do I go from all these years of having this fixed mindset to how do I embrace the growth mindset? How do I praise the effort? How do I let go of the outcome and really um, hang my hat on? I, I tried. I put my full effort into it, win or lose, you know, succeed or fail, whatever that means. Um, that's what makes me feel good about myself. That's what makes me feel proud of myself. And that's how I know I'm loved. And so that's where I think a lot of us, when we're attaching our worth or our identity to what we do, we're doing that because we think if I am successful enough, I'll be safe. I'll be loved. Um, people will want to be around me. And it, it that that bar never moves. You know, that we always, there's always someone more successful you know, richer, prettier, all of that stuff than we are. So it's exhausting and it's never enough. And so on one hand, we have to start shifting out of, let's not focus on the results. Let's focus on the effort. Am I growing? Am I trying? Am I expanding as a human being? Which leads me to the other point is you need to make sure you are not just being a fraction of yourself because your job is just something you do as a human being, you are so much more dynamic. So having other interests and having really fulfilling relationships in your life. And I know for me, like I have multiple hobbies that I thoroughly enjoy and that 
you know, in a way have helped me stop identifying so heavily with my work and my results, because I'm like, that's just something I do. That's, and I love it. I'm passionate about it. I care about it very much. And I'm also really interested in this thing that has absolutely nothing to do with my work that I find a lot of fulfillment and joy within too. And so allowing yourself to be multifaceted and dynamic and nurturing your creativity in other ways and other aspects of who you are as a human being is probably one of the most underrated things we can do as entrepreneurs in terms of overall health and fulfillment in life. Mm. And I think people see it as like a waste of time or even as unrelated to the business. But I find that the more things I do that are unrelated to directly to business, the better the business does in the it's long run. Really wild how mm-hmm. that happens. I've mm-hmm. experienced the same in my little Enneagram three heart loves it. <laughs> <laughs> so I always need a purpose for something, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, anytime, well, that's one of a lot of times when I work with clients, um, cause they're in that, a lot of mine are in that boat. They're driven, they're pretty successful and they're like, wait a minute, I'm having a hard time, even though it seems like I shouldn't be, I am. And so one of a lot of times, nine times out of 10 with clients, I'm like, I need you to try something that's creative and totally new. And I want you to be, I hope you're bad at it. Like you need to be bad at it. And they're like, oh no, I hate it, but they'll do it. And they'll be like, okay, I did it. I sucked. It was kind of, you know, hard, but at the same time, a little bit fun. And then, you know, a month or two later, they'll be like, I'm so shocked at how quickly I'm taking action in this new thing in my business. Like, I'm not even that scared of it. And so it's, it absolutely translates. Like, it's really cool how when we pursue creative endeavors that seemingly aren't important or there's no purpose to it, you actually are better at, you know, problem solving in your business. You're, you're, just engaging a different part of the brain Mm. that allows you to be creative in different ways. Yeah. And maybe we don't feel like it's as scary to try new things. Like, yeah. 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 Because when you are, and this is something that, you know, thinking about childhood and what you'd hope kids, ideally, if they're in like a really great environment growing up, that's what that should be. Right. Is this is safe you can fail low, like low risk failure. And you come home and you're loved. It doesn't matter. Like you tried, it's okay. So you can go out and try again. And so now as adults, a lot of us have to figure out how do I cultivate that for myself, for my own inner child? How can I choose things that I can risk slightly, you know, low barrier. There's not, you know, it's not nothing detrimental going to happen if I fail here, like my abstract painting. Like I'm not good at it. I didn't even know you could be bad, <laughs> and you can be. <laughs> you were really good at being bad at it, so we can look at it that way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I'll I'll try to tell myself that, right? Um, yeah, but I failed. No, it's fine. Like my ego don't like it. That's for sure. But it, at the end of the day, no one's hurt. No one cares if I'm good or bad at it. So finding things that you can try and not be good at and fail at, it allows you to feel a little bit braver when the risks are higher and it, it does matter a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is true. I have a feeling a lot of us listening are the type that are, hate doing things that we're not 
Like I, I like going into things I know I'm good at oh, already. Yeah. Hands down. So that's 100%. always very comfortable for me. It's also, I would good. like the one listener who had the idyllic childhood to contact me. And also <laughs> I would like to speak to your parents because I've really got screwed on this one and I want to talk to you. <laughs> oh yeah. I know a lot, a lot. Not many people have had that. Um, yeah you know, or not to the fullest extent, at least. Yeah, so, right. Like, yeah. who is this person? We right. need to talk to you. <laughs> we need to study you in a bubble somewhere. <laughs> and your parents, obviously. Yeah, they protect <laughs> you almost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, seriously. They're like a national treasure. <laughs> seriously, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it would be so cool if you could give us a tip on designing your dream life. Like we've talked a lot today about getting clear on like what you really want, but how do we start? Where do we start with that? That's a really great question. If it were me, I would strip away everything you think you want right now and get really quiet and really get curious about who you are underneath everything, like your personas, your ego, like who am I at a soul level, revisiting some inner child work remembering who you were as a little kid, like really young before we were you know, taught, this is who you should be. These are the rules, all that. That's really helpful. Um, just to kind of bring back some of that natural, you know, little spirit and, and things that we enjoyed. Um, but that's what I would recommend strip down every, let go like of everything you think you want. I can feel scary sometimes, but really just say, okay, if like, I'm just going to release these things and write them down. I'm going to just put them to the side, release them, and then just really get curious about who I am and what I genuinely desire. If I could let go of any outside pressure, if I could let go of feeling the need to prove myself to anyone, even me, like I don't need to prove anything. I just get to exist. What would I want to do? Who would I be? What would I love? Like really get clear on that because a lot of us think we know who we are and what we want. And maybe we do to an extent, we at least know this version of us, but there are likely um, many different versions that have so much valuable knowledge and um, just goodness that I think we won't discover unless we do strip it down and ask hard questions and start to get to know ourselves in a whole different way. Um, so that's the first step, which feels maybe a little elusive, but that's what I would encourage you to journal on. Like if I didn't have to prove anything to anybody, if I could go back and live my life, not in a way that I'm reacting to anything, what would I choose? Like, what did I love as a child? What, what would I choose to spend time on now? Like what genuinely lights me up? Um, and how can I build my life around these things that I actually love, regardless of what society tells me or the people around me even tell me? Mm, yeah. And in like in such a noisy world and for those of us on social media with our businesses too, like what do you recommend? How does someone get quiet in this in this world, in this situation? Does this mean like yeah. going off social or like, does this mean going somewhere? Like, do you see any sort of practical step for someone there? I mean, sure. Like getting out of your normal routine can help. I mean, traveling for me always grounds me and puts things in perspective. However, I think one of the most powerful ways we can do it is um, spend a dedicated amount of time each week or even day where you don't have your phone on you. You're not listening to anything. You're not reading anything. 
and you just get in nature. Mm. Get out in nature and just be quiet, be still, and just notice. Like that is so simple. And well, I say that I live in, you know, a city that has a decent amount of green space, but <laughs> I think it, it can be more simple than oh, I got to take a trip somewhere totally different. Right. Or I have to do this. So yeah, just get in nature and be quiet and listen. You might be surprised at what thoughts come up and just, just acknowledge them with compassion. Don't judge them. Just see what, what comes up for you. Mm. Yeah, it's super helpful. I feel like the most frenetic and overwhelmed when I'm taking in a lot of information and it does have a pretty strong direct correlation with phone time. So I think that that would be helpful. Yeah, I think so. I think too, um, I mean, setting some boundaries, I think, the, I mean, like anything, there's good and bad involved, right? It's nuanced and just checking yourself. Like, why am I scrolling right now? What, what am I, what am I really searching for in this moment? What am I avoiding in this moment? And how can I just bringing a little bit of awareness and just being like, you know what, I'm going to put this down because I'm just doing this because I'm bored or I'm uncomfortable. I've got this task that's not um, a little fearful about, and I'm going to put it away in a different room. I'm going to take space. I'm going to you know, do something different. I know for me, um, when I'm doing something work related and I feel stuck, I tend to, I want to grab my phone to Mm. scroll, but I do better when I do something totally different. I engage Mm. in a hobby real quick, or I go for a walk. I get outside, walk for a second. You find so much more clarity. Then you come back and you're like, Oh, I've got all these ideas and epiphanies and this is moving a lot more smoothly than I thought. So getting out in nature and moving your body, I think is a really powerful way to just reconnect and get quiet and listen to what's going on for you internally, rather than taking in constant information. Yeah. It's information overload. That is for sure. Yeah. Well, one piece of information that I think is very worth it is being on your email list, which I'm going to drop all the links for below because Jen sends out on Mondays, sends out a a beautiful email. And I always think it's so, it just like makes me reflect on so many different things, but she also gives you journal prompts. So for those of you who we've like talked about that with today, you can, you can get that. But I I feel like you're just, you're so great with your email list and you know that this is something Mm -hmm. I admire a lot. And could you give anybody here some tips on on starting that list? Like what what would you recommend to somebody who's starting out on the building an email list journey? Yeah, I think making it as easy as possible for yourself. Get on it. Yeah, yeah, because I was pretty I've been doing this really consistently every week, haven't missed a week yet, um for almost 2 years. And so now it's kind of like a fun little you know, and I've repurposed and judged some in the past before, especially when I was traveling. But um, for me, when I thought about it, I love writing. So for me, I was like, okay, an email list makes sense. Even blog, like I like, well, I'm wordy as heck. Like there's, <laughs> I'm not concise. I don't know. So I like writing. So let me write an email. I was really inspired um, by James Clear mm. and how consistent he is. He was a writer. So I was looking, you know, I admire you know, how he's grown, what he's done, and he's getting to do what he loves. And he just sends out every Thursday, a three, two, one email where it's like three ideas from him, two quotes from other people and like one question. And I remember getting that and I was like, this is so ridiculously simple. What could I do that my people would 
enjoy? What do people ask me for? And there was like, they really want to know like what journal prompts would be helpful and what affirmations would you say? And so I was like, I'll just, I'll write a little, cause that's what I like. So I can commit to that and I'll send them journal prompts and affirmations and I'll make this like a, a fun thing for mm. me and for them. And it was so well received and is still to this day, one of my favorite things to do and ways to connect with people, even though I feel like a dinosaur a little bit with <laughs> email, but it's, it's just, I don't know, it feels really intimate and I just love it. And so that's the one area that I feel confident in and very consistent in, um, and find a lot of joy out of. And so find like, if you can combine those things, like what brings me joy, what do I like genuinely like to do? And mm. what's a way to make this simple for myself and in a way to serve others. That is, was the way that I approached it and was really helpful. And then from there, it was like, all right, I'm, I'm committing to this and I'm using this as a way to build self-trust, to build my consistency, to build my confidence and looking at it as that's what I do. That's what I commit to. And I write them most of the time, not always, most of the time, the day I send them out. Oh, really? So I do. Yeah. And you know, I have, you know, in the past, every now and then I'll be ahead of it, but I kind of treat it as like a little bit of a writing exercise for mm -hmm. myself. What's coming up for you today? What story do you want to share today? And then I write it and um, it's just, it's a nice thing. Sometimes I go to a coffee shop and just really enjoy the process of it. So I enjoy it and that's what helps me. So find something you enjoy and are yeah. naturally drawn to and do that. Yeah. And that comes through in your writing, but you also do something that I always encourage people to do, which is that like, even if you have a story or something came up for you, you shift it into a teaching moment for others. And so sometimes people get too stuck in one or the other camps, right? Where they do all storytelling about themselves, but then they don't make the jump to like how this relates to what you're the person that you're writing to is going through, or they just do all the yeah. teaching with none of the kind of vulnerable or storytelling part. So did for that come sure. for you like over time? Yeah, that just, I mm -hmm. think that I just had to learn. I had to hone that skill of, um, and it just over time repetition doing it. Mm. Um, it comes a lot easier now, but, oh yeah. I mean, sometimes even still I'm writing, I'm like, oh, this is two separate emails. These, these points don't even connect. And so I'll separate, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and stuff, but it, that just has grown as I've, you know, done it and practiced it. It's kind of like with anything, if you want to get better at writing, you've got to write. Yeah. If you want to get better at storytelling, um, you've got to learn how to tell stories, which the, I love, I read a book, um, called stories that stick by Kendra Hall mm -hmm. years ago and is such a good book on storytelling, especially for business. And she's a fantastic storyteller. So it's such an easy read. Um, but reading that I think helped me a little bit too, to understand, like I can share my story, but how can I really let it connect with them? And sometimes it might not, that's the other thing, you know, sometimes I'll write one and I'm like, not my best work, you know? And my husband, he edits a lot of my stuff and he's like, well, you know, they can't all be home runs. So it's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. And usually to my surprise, someone will be like, oh, that really resonated with me. And I'm like, all yeah. right. So there is something to be said about show up on the paper, do your job and then release it. Like you, there's a, in the artist's way, she has this like prayer. That's basically essentially like, all right, I'm going to show up and I'll take care of the quantity. You take care of the quality. Mm. As soon as my art's done, as soon as my writing's done, 
it's out there. It doesn't belong to me anymore. And I have no control over how people interpret it, you know, digest it, all of that. That's, that's totally out of my control, but it's real. That's why it's really cool sometimes to see it go really well. And even a lot of times it's to my surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I always hope that happens, but when it does, it's like, cool. That's, that's neat. I don't know. That's great. Yeah. It goes back to what we talked about in the beginning about things going better than we maybe even imagined, right? Like exactly. just putting ourselves out there and trying. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think you're going to inspire a lot of people because I have a feeling from judging from the emails that I get from people asking about email marketing in particular, there's a lot of hang up on making things perfect and like making, knowing the right thing to say. And like, I should be talking about this. So I think you're going to give people a lot of freedom and maybe your mm-hmm. tip on like writing them same day and writing in a space that you like, like a coffee shop, I'm the same way. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe that almost like forces you to just be like, I just got to get this out there because I've committed yeah. to sending this email every Monday or whatever. I think, you know, for me, when I first started my business and I started email marketing, um, oh gosh, 2015 or no, earlier than that. It was earlier than that, like 2012 or 13. Um, I was so stressed about typos, about has to be perfect. It has to be, uh, and it was miserable. It was just not a fun experience. And over time, you know, I started, I getting, I would get inspired. I would get inspired by people who I saw take quick action, even when it was messy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, they're doing it. And I'm over here needing everything to be perfect. No typo. God forbid I'm a human, um, holding myself back as a result. And so part of me, even now with my email newsletter, I obviously want it to be really good and I want it to be helpful. And it's a practice for me to overcome the perfection. Mm. And it's a practice for me to stay consistent, even when I don't feel like it's that good. And I'd rather bury it in my archives of things that no one should ever read. Because there are times when I'm like, well, you know, we're just in and out this week. This is just this is what I'm saying. I don't know. It might be everybody might unsubscribe. Who knows? That's just, but for me, it's like, I've got to be consistent and I've got mm. to show up even when it's not perfect. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're giving other people permission to do the same, whether it's with writing or elsewhere and in, in yeah. their business and life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just how we go so much further. I mm-hmm. mean, my business has grown when I started doing this consistently. Um, I started getting clients from it mm-hmm. like more than anything else. They're like, Oh, I just love your emails. And I was like, Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't, I had hoped, but I wasn't even promoting my services consistently. So I was like, well, that's, cool. That's neat. Amazing. I'm going to keep doing that because that seems to really be working. So yeah, I think I, that's how, that's how I uh, found you actually, Jamie sent me your emails and was like, Oh, you have to subscribe to your emails. You'll love it. And then I just like loved you through your writing. But I also remember thinking like, man, if she gives this much information in the email and like, this is how powerful it is. And this is what I feel and take away from her emails and her journal prompts that she's giving us all every week for free. Like, what must it be like to work with you? Right. And so that's that yeah. I feel like that's such a powerful lesson for everyone listening. On like people are always so afraid of like, am I giving it away? Am I doing this? Am yeah. I doing that? But I think showing people, like really painting that picture of like, this is what it's like to be in my orbit. Yeah. Come on, come on in. Is is pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That means a lot because that's what I I hope on both fronts that you get a lot from the emails and then you yeah. get with me. That's, that's always the goal. And that's something too. I think we, we don't realize how impactful we can be with just our presence. 
Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Well, okay. Let's do our little fun lightning round. Would you rather questions? And then, okay. and then I want you to share with everyone how they can work with you and get in touch with you. Um, okay. but first, would you rather, <laughs> would you rather read fiction or not fiction? Uh, fiction. All right. What's the best book fiction book you've read recently? Oh gosh. Um, I just read lessons in chemistry. Mm, that's what I'm reading right now. Really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that book. Yes. I'm reading it right now and I'm really liking it a lot. Yeah. I loved, um, where'd you go Bernadette? And it reminds <gasps> yes. me of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one too. Yeah. yeah I, love that I liked one. that. All right. Would you rather live at the beach, the mountains or the desert? Oh gosh. Somewhere where you could have the beach and the mountains. That would be great. If I had to pick though, probably mountains right mm. now. Okay. That's a good one. Since you just went there, I'll throw in this curveball. Would you rather live in Rome or Paris? Paris. Mm, same. Uh, would you rather order coffee or tea? Coffee. What's your go-to coffee order? Oh, I love a cappuccino with oh. like almond milk right now. That's oh, just so my good. favorite. Hard to beat. Yeah. Okay. This is the most controversial. Would you rather question of the entire show that everyone always says is controversial. <laughs> would you rather you and Eric, would you rather clean up as you go or clean up at the end when cooking? Oh, I clean up as I go. Mm, there's a big, I, this has caused a lot of marriage strife around yes, here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I could see that. I yeah. like to clean up as I go because yes, I, that feels good to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. The end is overwhelming. I'm like, it's too it's, much stuff. Like, and then I leave it. <laughs> I'm like, can't see it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what everybody says. I'm the same way. Would you rather hit up a fancy restaurant or the best food trucks? Oh, you know, I think I like a fancy restaurant nice. for the ambiance. I, I love just it. love the ambiance and the setting. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, I loved your lightning round answers. And <laughs> now I would love it if you would share with everyone both how they can get in touch with you and how they can work with you. Because I'm sure a lot of people would love to join Java Method or work yeah. with you further. Yeah, absolutely. So um, getting on my email list is hands down the best way to get in touch with me. Um and I know you'll link to that, but yeah. I send out a newsletter every Monday where thoughts from me, journal prompts, affirmations, and also places where you can see where you, if you are interested in working with me, where you can find that. Um, I do right now see one-on-one -on -one clients that I love one-on-one -on -one work. I love being in it with my people. Um, and I've got a few spots open for the rest of the year uh, right now at the moment. And then the Java method, I have a membership that I just has been so incredibly fun to be, to run and to see, but called the Java method.com. So it's, if you like want to start doing the mindset work and you need tools and strategies on how to do that, I give you everything. Um, so many visualizations. I teach you how to do it, the, the right structure and, and pacing to do it in so that it feels very possible and not overwhelming. Um, there's a community group there and we have mm -hmm. a call once a month where you can come on and get like live coaching and ask questions and stuff. So that's the javamethod.com. And if you want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, uh, jenniferdiaz.com is where you can find more information and, and apply to set up a call. Perfect. We will link to everything. And for everyone that we were talking about, like all these visualizations and the journal prompts and everything, 
Jen gives you all of that in the Java method too. And they're so good. Your, your visualizations are so good. Oh, I love thank them. You. Yeah. So <laughs> we will, this is hashtag not sponsor, but we will, <laughs> we will share just, just highly loved. So that's all um, is that we will share everything. Um, I hope you all reach out to Jen and let her know. Um, I'll also share your Instagram just so they can like follow along. See your cute yeah. doggies. And uh, <laughs> of course, and I just so appreciate you doing this with me, Jen. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks Sam for having me. I loved I just love chatting with you anyway. And this was so fun. Thank you. So fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the On Your Terms podcast. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also check out all of our podcast episodes, show notes, links, and more at samvanderreelen.com slash podcast. You can learn more about legally protecting your business and take my free legal workshop, Five Steps to Legally Protect and Grow Your Online Business at samvanderreelen.com. And to stay connected and follow along, follow me on Instagram at samvanderreelen and send me a DM to say hi. 